Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to guest episode 103 of Good Humans Podcast. Today is one of my favorite episodes yet with the legend Dylan Buckley. Dill, someone who I've looked up to a lot in the podcasting game. He's had an incredible career in AFL, and yeah, you're going to love this chat. A massive thank you to our sponsors, Drinker Rapper. They continue to support this podcast, The Brain Drink. If you like black currant juice, you're going to absolutely love Drinker Rapper. You can pick it up in Coles or Woolworths. Look for the glass bottle that's purple with the big capital A on it. It's all natural, developed by neuroscientists, so you know this is going to make your brain perform better. It's been all clinically proven, which, yeah, is just amazing. I use this stuff every single day, and I love it. So if you head over to their website, drinkarepid.com, you can get a massive 25% off everything with the code GOODHUMAN. Big thank you to them for continuing to support us. Also, if you haven't checked out the goodhumanfactory.com, that is where you can find everything to do with the Good Human Factory. We run the mental health workshops with schools, also corporate groups. We have an incredible, incredible merch line that can help you change your world. Some really powerful messages over there. If you use the code PODCAST, you get a big 25% off all merch over on thegoodhumanfactory.com. All right, today's episode. Actually, one last thing. If you go over to the Good Human Factory uh, Instagram at the moment, there's a giveaway going on. We're giving away a bunch of gratitude merch. That's going to be available until next Wednesday. All you have to do is tag a friend that you're grateful for. In the post, it says gratitude giveaway. You will see it. So head over there, give it a little click. All right, today's episode, Dill Buckley. Fire out. This guy is someone, yeah, as I said before, I really look up to. I've been following his podcast, Dill and Friends, for a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, I just reached out to him on LinkedIn. I think it was a couple of years ago, just saying, mate, I'm super inspired by the work you do. Keep it up. Uh, you have amazing conversations with people and yeah, we'd love to meet up one day. And we kind of kept in contact through social media and we're just supporting each other's work, which is really cool from afar. He does a lot of stuff with mental health. He's a big advocate for having open conversations. He's good friends with Hugh Van Kylenberg. A few other people have been guests on this podcast and yeah. Love to get to know his story. He is a he was a young AFL player. He's had some big shoes to fill following in his dad's footsteps. He then, yeah, got onto the AFL, didn't quite have the career that he maybe hoped for, but still was on there for many years, which was um, an incredible feat in itself. He then transitioned and, yeah, transitioned with pure intention to find something that he loved. And he found Dylan Friends Podcast. He now owns a company and um, is a co-owner of a company, Producey, where they produce other podcasts. One of the most successful podcasts in the country. I love getting to know his story. We opened up the conversation actually with a talk about infertility and his new baby that he just had. Super exciting times for him and his beautiful um, wife. So big thanks for Dill for being so open, finding some time with um, such a new baby in his life um, to have this conversation. 
Let's jump straight into it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast. Dylan Buckley, how you going, mate? Hey, good to see you. Returning, sir. Uh, feels like not long ago I was, you know, we're in the same studio. You on my pod and uh, we're chatting your story, man. So I'm honoured to be uh, welcomed back onto yours and talking talking shop. Mate, you're um, somebody who I'm very inspired by, by your work. We're similar age. We've both been professional athletes and have, I guess, now both our own podcast. Yours is far more successful than mine, but it's um, it's really cool as well. You're really into your mental health and just trying to use your platform to help people. And I feel like that's a big similarity we have, but I want to get to know why you're hell you're like this. So let's get into your story, bro. Let's do it, man. The first question I do open all of my podcasts with is what are you grateful for right now? And I think I know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. Well, it's goosebumps since you said that, man. It's been um, <clears throat> pretty crazy time for me. So for those who don't know me, as I said, you wrapped it up pretty well, but um, I just had my first uh, child as well. And it's been a been a long journey for us to for me to fatherhood and my wife to motherhood took us um over you know a good amount of time and i'm i suppose over a couple of years um two and a half years to to fall pregnant and um and to get to where we are now so it's pretty pretty uh fucking grateful to to be where i am and i think you know i wouldn't you, you don't want to you don't wish anything uh would change in your life and you know you're great for everything but i think sort of that journey to becoming a father has made us so much not, you know, every parent is very grateful for their child, but I think it's put a lot of things in perspective for us. And sometimes the 4am feed isn't as, isn't quite as bad <laughs> when you sort of look back and go, fuck, you know, this, this was, um, this is pretty fucking incredible. So I'm um, yeah, really, really grateful at the moment. And, um, yeah, he's three and a half weeks old. So little Max, Max. Maximilian Otto Buckley. Um, it still feels, there's a part of me as well. And I think anyone who's been through, um, fertility sort of, uh, issues or you know ups and downs even when I say his name there's still a part of me that grabs my like makes me go oh should I say that because I still feel like oh I don't want to jinx it or anything like that but I'm like no well, he's here now you know yeah, yeah. he's here so I'm still like got that part of it where it's uncomfortable for me to talk about but yeah it's just it's been unbelievable yeah good on you man it's um I listened to your mini podcast that you put out a couple of weeks ago and I sent you a message from it talking about just being a young dad and I was just like it almost got me like inspired to have a kid I'm mm. like I've I've always wanted to be a dad but I haven't like really had that urge just yet but listening to the way you described it was just so beautiful the ups and downs the nappies that you love changing and everything else is really cool but as well obviously you know my sister <coughs> well no of probably my sister and Fisher and they're struggling with the infertility and obviously very open about it with my sister's podcast, Darling Shine. So that's where I've learned a lot about it and made me understand, I guess, how difficult that journey is for some people. And I feel like for one, men barely know it all, but then I'm sure a lot of young women. So before we really get back into the start of your story, yeah. I just want to go down this path for a second. For what sure. was your understanding of infertility prior to, um, yeah, trying to get pregnant? Yeah, and mate, like I will say this, and I said this to you, like after we we chatted, but like you know, your sister, without even knowing, uh, you know, her personally and their journey, like I remember when we were going through the the process that we were and and stuff, like I remember seeing her post about it one day, and it was like the first time I'd ever seen someone post about it, mm. and like I was, you know, I, people express their things really differently, and like I'm definitely the sort of person. Um, that really bottles things up and I just don't like when I, it didn't help me to talk about it at all, but I remember seeing her post something about it and I just fucking ran to jars and I was like, Oh my God, like we're not the only ones that are like going through this. Like, fuck, like, look, this is fucking Chloe Chapman and Fisher. Like they're the coolest people ever. And like, 
you know, that they're doing, going through something that we're going through. And I just don't want to under her to ever, under, I, know, I know that they wouldn't and you as a family, no. but how cool that was for them to do that. And like, for me, it's been like even a big part now, like I seriously do get goosebumps talking about it. Cause it's like, I want to be that person now that can give um, hope and share stories about that too. Cause I know what that meant for me um, at that stage to just be able to resonate with someone. And um, it's a really dark and lonely time, but um yeah, when you hear other people's stories and stuff, it can it can really help. So I hope that you know I can make an impact like they made on me because it was it was um it was monumental and they'll probably you know I didn't I don't know them I didn't I, I wanted to message them but I was like it's a bit fucking weird. But now knowing what I know, like maybe I should. Mm. Um, don't also don't want to be a creep, but yeah, I think she knows the impact that they're both having yeah, on, hard, on everyone. She, and she's still going through it. It's yeah, like, fuck, it's, I just feel for them so much. And then obviously seeing the way you are now, like after a couple year journey of it. Like I had no idea. Like my, it's like one in four babies. Oh, are, mate, it's, it's, it's a lot. Like of, the, yeah, it's a lot. It's so, like you said, it's so kept quiet. It is, but I think the thing is as well, mate. Like, and this would be anyone that goes through it. It's like no two stories are the same. Yeah. Everyone's got their own journey with it, and it. The worst thing you can sort of say to someone with fertility issues is like, "I know what you're going through." It's mm. like no one knows. You don't know anything about anyone. Like it's just, it's a fuck. It, it's just one of those things that. Um, you, you just got to like be there for people and support them and just be really considerate. I think like considerate is something that um, you don't want to be like when you're sitting with people, you don't want to like avoid talking about mm. uh, children, but you also don't want to like really fucking yeah, it's be, it, a it's a really hard, hard thing. And navigate. you know, I'll be honest, like, I know for a fact, like the shit that went through my head when that was happening and when people were talking about fertility and stuff, I was like, in my head, I was like, fuck, you know, like it, it was hard, but I don't, I don't actually know the answer to it. It's tough, isn't but it? But I don't think there is an answer. I think it's just like talking and just mm. seeing what the fuck comes out. Um, I'm definitely not an expert in the space, but yeah, like I said, our journey was, um, we were, yeah, you know, we got married, uh, we were engaged and we were never really that keen on getting married, but we ended up getting married because it took us, you know, so long. We're like, let's do something in between. Um, and we basically fell pregnant the first time we um, tried and just actually had an ectopic pregnancy which basically is when like a yeah gets stuck in a fallopian tube which is really seriously Mm. um really serious thing and i was just like you know didn't even know what the fuck sex was let alone that and i remember like i was out actually at a long lunch and she called me and she was like getting rushed to hospital and i was like half blind and just got in this uber and went straight to the hospital and was like oh my god what the fuck happened and you sort of go through that and you're like oh that was weird like let's try again and mate like this is one in a million chance like not one in a million yeah. it's one in a, a, a yeah. minuscule amount that that happens bang next time happened again and we were like oh shit so we'd already had one removed happened in the second one and i remember this like really pivotal moment that we'll come back to the story later not that this whole story is about this there's other parts no, of okay. life but um it got stuck in and i remember them saying oh you know we should take it out and we were sort of just like nah like leave that one like there was another way we could do it that like flushed the tube out anyway from there you know we're pretty scarred and we're like fuck let's not do that again let's like just go to ivf yeah. and you know there was countless of other opportunities of like low egg collection to mm-hmm. miscarriages to all these bits and pieces that are just a part you know unfortunately part of part of um falling pregnant which was really obviously difficult to navigate um and then you know ju- like she, she'd be really good to get on here and, and talk about this stuff because like she's like my wife, she is the most unbelievably intelligent person like you've ever met in your life. And 
she's the hardest working. She would, you know, to her own detriment, she would, I, I think that she, not even joking, she could like minister like IVF on you, like on someone. Like that's how much she knew about wow. it. But she got so, research. yeah, research about it. And she's got her own sort of medically, you know, she was a um, dietitian. Yeah, dietitian. Like, so she studied in that type of dietetic field and, you know, anyway, long story short, um, we were taking a break for a while and I went to Europe for a work trip um, and a bit of fun at the end of it. And we were, we were going to go away that year. We we're taking a break from IVF just because of, you know, the whole thing. When I got over there, you know, you just didn't like that, that wanderlust like opportunity of just like going away. And um, I got there and I was like, no, nah, I need to fucking get Jazz over here. Like I feel terrible. Like I was there for work. She was at home. I was like, just get on the next flight. Like and she's like, oh, there's only one flight left. I don't have my passport. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Just get on it, yeah. work it out. Let's get there. Like there was like, you know, one flight, one time. She had to go get her passport on one day, got it approved, just made it, got there. We met in Greece. And long story short, the day that I said that, she was like, oh, by the other chance I get there on time, I'm going to like give herself an injection to delay her ovulation. Uh -huh. So we had like leftover medication. Yeah. And um, she did that knowing she was ovulating the day um, that she landed, you know, we, uh, had some wrestling and then I didn't know anything at this stage and we get back and she was pregnant. Wow. Um, so it's like one in a million chance, but like, that's a really weird chance yeah. of that happening. And then obviously from there, like it's not even because of the ectopic stuff, we had to wait another six weeks and four. So it was just, it was a pretty fucked up, like it was probably the longest nine months of my life. Um, yeah. that whole time of just like anxiety and all those bits and pieces, but Look, to be honest, it doesn't stop because you just worry about them fucking falling over yeah, at home. Yeah, so it's just like, that. that's just life, you know? It's been really cool and um, so grateful for everything. Um, but what I will say to someone out there if they are going through this is just like be each other's best friends um, mm. and and stick fat. Like you just, there's no other way, yeah. really. Um, you just, and the amount of love and respect I have for her, seeing what she's been through and what we've both been through, like it's, a, it's like an unspeakable bond that mm. we might not have had. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the word that you brought up before as well in relation to making sure you're there for people around you is just be considerate. And yeah. something that my sister always, each year on April Fool's, she always posts, no fake pregnancies. Like there's a lot of people that really struggle with this and it's like, we yeah. all think it's a bit of fun, but now watching my sister's journey, it's like I've changed so much the language, so much of the way that I discuss that sort of stuff. And I think it's important. And people like you coming on your podcast from a male perspective as well, I think it's really important. I, you're so right. Even the stuff that like, and this means nothing to the people that say, cause they're not meaning it in that way, but like without knowing pe my mates, they'd, we'd be out for having a beer and they'd be like, Oh, oh fucking hell mate. Like fucking having a kid. Yeah. And then I'd be there going, Oh, but like, fuck that fucking hurt. You know, yeah. they just cut me, they just want. hit me yeah. in the chest. Um, so there's just things like that, that again, you can't blame people because they yeah, don't know the situation, so, yeah. but, um, it's a really, it's a, it's a great point. And some people are really incredible with it and some, you know, they're not doing it to hurt your feelings, yeah, but it just get a bit better. Yeah. And it comes from these sort of conversations that I'm understanding, but mate, we're going to just talk. Yeah, for sorry, man. I know. I just like, yeah, this is great. It's a story that I'm passionate about, man. Cause I it is a part, important. it is a big part of it. And I think that like, like you said, not, maybe not a lot of blokes talk about from mm. their point of view as much. So maybe. Nah, I think it it's beautiful. Helps. Cause we're going to catch all the way back yeah, up let's, to there let's, now. So, yes. so let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, beginning. So I was born. Yeah. No, no, seriously. That's where we want to start. Where we were born, life as a kid, upbringing. I know your dad's. Yeah. Um, big AFL name. 
I'm not big in AFL, so I don't want, I'm not going to spit at you any facts yeah, or anything about it. AFL, but I am going to quiz you about your career because it's been um, super interesting. So yeah, let's talk about your childhood. Okay. Fuck. Um, so yeah, man, like I was born in, um, Melbourne, um, grew up in Fitzroy. So it's like inner city, um, suburb in Melbourne. Um, mate, like I just had like such an incredible childhood. So lucky. Like my mum and dad, like we, you know, I hate saying we didn't, we weren't like wealthy or, or anything like that. But like, I know for a fact that like, comfortable. We, we were just not even that, to be honest, we probably had like some, a lot of probably financial issues, um, which might come up later with the family, but like, I never went without if that makes sense. So like, it was always like, no matter what we, we yeah, did, we, like my mum just made it work or like, you know, never missed a footy thing, never missed anything. It was just always like, yeah. got, got it done. Um, so I had an incredible childhood, grew up with like an, an enormous amount of love. Um, I had a sister, older, older sister, her name's Jess, um, who, um, yeah, really close with, especially now with like us both having kids and families, it's become even closer cause nice. it's, it's really nice. Um, but yeah, grew up there and, um, yeah, just a, just a kid, man, you know, like just loved everything. Super, super competitive person. Loved my sport. Was um, dad like playing footy while you were a kid? Like No. So no. he'd already finished playing okay. footy. Um, and I didn't even like know, to be honest, that he played until I was like, like end of like primary school, start of high school. Like it wasn't, I was never forced to do anything. Yeah. Like I just played footy. My, but my favorite thing to do even as a kid was skating. Like I was obsessed with skating. I used to go to the skate park. The Fitzroy Bowl before school, after school. Um, I still remember to this day, like some mum, like I wanted to be a pro skater and then a footballer as well, but like skating was the first thing. Um, and yeah, that was mainly that. And yeah, went to school in North Victoria primary, lucky enough to get a scholarship. I have no grammar for footy later on, but grew up so lucky, man. Just had incredible parents, incredible friends, pushed the boundaries a lot, but always in a really healthy, mm. healthy way, you know, like young, young men do, you get a little bit in trouble, but you always... Yeah. Come back to work. Had some values. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You're doing it in the right way. All right. Let's talk about high school now. High school is a time that can be quite interesting for young people, especially young people who have a destined athlete career, I think, because the way I remember high school for me, because I had surfing already clearly kind of my path, I enjoyed school and I cared about school, but I didn't, I knew it wasn't going to be the be all and end all for me. What was your experience like at school? Were you playing football or like AFL quite competitively already through the school years? Obviously you got a scholarship. So yeah, talk me through the high school years. Yeah. It's something that like, I don't, I never have any regrets about anything cause you know, it gets yeah. you to where you are. It's a very yeah. cliche thing, but, um, if I could go back, I wish I could speak to myself about trying a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I have a big, I have a real, you know, speaking to young people now and I look at like the way. I was at school versus the way my wife was at school, for example, like, um, oh, I didn't, I wasn't a great academic. And to be honest, I think it's because of like, I had a bit of like probably ADD yeah. and just like, you know, all that shit. Like I just couldn't concentrate in class. Mm. And back then it wasn't like, you know, so many people just don't know how your learning style is, you know, like yeah. with that sort of stuff. So I think oh, it's I'd, like you ask a fish how to climb a tree compared to a monkey. It's not going to be able to do it. It's oh, like, mate. we're all so different. We're all different species of humans. Basically, Sitting down for an all... hour, like was not my thing. It's no. not my thing. You know, it's just, it's, it's not my thing now. No, it's, I'm like, I'm like already like shaking like as it is. <laughs> Sitting down for an but, hour. um, yeah, that was, that was really challenging to be honest. And I, I think as a young bloke, like playing footy and not that jock mentality, but I just sort of just fell into that trap of like, Oh, I'll just be the sporty guy. Then I don't have to be cool. I don't have to be smart. You know, I'll be dumb. I'd not be dumb, but like, I'll, I'm not going to try. Yeah. Cause 
trying would be uh, make Not me cool. vulnerable yeah. and like that would mean that I'd actually have to try and fail and be embarrassed but now I'll just take the easy option and I'll just be cool and play footy not care about being yeah. smart so I'm a little bit probably embarrassed about that um, but it was also the fact that I just really struggled to learn and mm. I definitely know that I've learned um, now my best ways of learning and surrounding myself with people that have great knowledge and just learning from them versus sitting and, and watching something. Mm. Um, I love that you say that because I, I say this to kids because obviously, you know, I go and speak at schools. I say to kids, the thing that I wish I understood more when I was at school is learning how to learn. Yeah. Learning how to learn is a skill in itself. Learning how to absorb information, how to articulate it and actually get use out of it. And I feel like that was something that never got explained to me at school. It's like learn how to, I mean, now with AI and asking ChatGPT the right prompts, it's like, how do you ask the teacher the question so you can get the most out of it rather than just sitting there and not knowing and being too scared to ask? Yeah. That's something that, uh, like you said, you didn't find the way that you learnt best until probably a bit later. Oh, mate. Whereas if you knew that when you were a kid, you might have had a better or a different experience at school. 100%. Like, I think we all remember those tests we used to do and I think one of them was like kinesthetic. I don't ever remember what the definition was, but I think it meant like it was doing. And I was like, yeah, I'm kinesthetic because I thought that would mean that I'd just go out in the oval and be able to like have a kick. But really realised that later on in life, my biggest way that I learn is just surrounding myself with people that know the answers mm. and it's like i don't have to be the master at everything it's like if i want to learn about um you know how to sell a podcast or how to set up a business or how to be a podcaster it's like i will just try and add value to a person mm. learn from them watch them do what they do and that's how i best become myself yeah. and it's you know i say it to jazz when we're at the supermarket it's like i don't want to fucking walk around trying to find something in the supermarket i want to go up to like the boy that's there working and say mate where is the diapers and just go to them yeah. straight away like i don't have the patience to look around so it's like finding the right people yeah. to take you where they are um but yeah back to the whole thing about school the one thing that i loved about it was the fact that because i wasn't um i didn't go as well as i did i really learned a lot about people say like street smarts and it was like mm -hmm. right i haven't done this homework and I, I don't, I'm not going to suggest it. How can I make a great it's excuse? Like, how can I get out of it? How can I go to the person that's definitely done it, get it changed? How do I work this teacher? How do I work that teacher? How do I? Which to I, be honest, probably works better now in the world you're my, living in. You learn how to get stuff done. Literally. It's got me to so many incredible situations of like learning people and not, you know, taking advantage, but just getting to things and communication, strategizing, problem solving. It, that's what it was for me. Like every day was like, fuck. I haven't got this. How do I get it? And it was like, that was the game of school. But then I look at Juz, for example, who is my wife and she, you know, she got like 99 on her, on her enter score and her way of learning was like, she would go home and study and dedicate hours to this. And it's like, I really struggle to go home and dedicate time to things. Mm. So I think there's like great school. Don't worry about the ATAR. Worry about the process of teaching you. Mm. So like that taught me the street smarts, but it taught her, the dedication of a yeah. job and like how she works now in the office, like she will go and find stuff yeah, and that's yeah. like her working style. So anyway, I don't know if I'm no, rattling no, no, on. No, I love like, that because I can relate a lot to it and I feel like it comes back to this fact that at school we basically get taught that there's like a right and a wrong answer, yeah. but you get out of school and it's like there's a hundred ways to up, solve man. a problem. Yeah. Like you don't need to just have a black and white answer and you kind of get trapped into that thinking at school. Let's keep moving past school. Yes. After school. I will say one thing yeah, that I just on go. school was um, one thing I'm really proud of was when I finished, again, that whole mentality did of you like. you finish like the last years of school well, or did you drop out early? For I was, I tried to drop out. 
um, I was really lucky to get a scholarship at this private school and I was, you know, a lot of people had worked hard to get me there. And as I suppose earlier, I was saying, you know, I've got my career sorted. I'm going to Carlton next year to play AFL. I don't give a shit about school. And I had a coffee with this guy one day and I was going to do ungraded VCE, which for me at that stage was a bit of a cop out because what the fuck's the point of doing VCE if you're not if you're actually going to get it graded? It was like a, VCE, yeah. so VCE is like a, um, HSC, okay. like a, like the yep, interscore yep, stuff, yep, the yep, ATAR yep. stuff. Ungr- that's what I did. I didn't get an ATAR. You I didn't get, I didn't get a university index, but I finished school. You fit, but did you do the exams? I did the exams, but you have to have, you had to have done a certain uh, different subjects that qualified you to get the ATAR, but I did like sport and rec. You and, didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't going to do it, but at the end of the day, they're like, mate, you're here, just get it done. Mm. And I did, I did like. I probably similar to you. I did like health, PE, business yeah, management yeah. and something else. They all got downgraded and I finished with like a 54. And to this day, like it's something I'm still most proud of was like, at least I yeah. just, I didn't want to like not do it. I'd spent my time there. It's something I really didn't want to do. It was really vulnerable. I was embarrassed that I got such a low score, but I was like, you know what? I fucking, mm. I did it. I'm happy that I did it. So Yeah, good. That was something that my parents always were like, I could have dropped out and traveled surfing from yeah. year 10. I was getting paid at that time already, but then- they were like, yeah, but what, in two years, you're still going to be pretty much here. You may as well have the school thing behind you. Like you've done 10 years to just drop out now. Like, And it's just the message of like seeing something through. Seeing something through. Like you're going to go through so many things in life and what are you going to do? Just like go the easy way each time. And mm. definitely I was tracking that way yeah. before I had that that feedback. And I think it it wasn't the actual the act of getting the end of score. It was the act of like, all right, I'm going to have to do something here that I really don't want to do. Mm. It's going to be shit and I'm not going to enjoy it. But yeah. You just got to get it done. Yeah. Good on you. I love it. There's another similarity we have. So let's talk about post-school. You yeah. obviously, we touched on before, your dad's a multiple flag winning yeah. um, <clears throat> AFL player. Coming into, I'm going to fast forward to after school because I'm fast sure forward. you probably did have a pretty successful high school sort of career as a footy player. Yep. Let's talk about after school because I'm not exactly clear of the pathway, say post-school for to get into the AFL. What was that pathway like for you? And was there added pressure, do you think, by having the last name Buckley? Um, look, there probably was, but it's just like you only Yeah, you just is. grew you up with it. You know that it's it's there. Like definitely probably was. But um left school, like as I said, that enter school stuff literally walked out of my last exam and was straight to training. Um, and that was like pre season, like all my mates were going to schoolies and I went to start at, at Carlton. So it was pretty quickly that you're straight into it. So you'd it. already been kind of like scouted that you're. Yeah. So I already in. knew that I was going to go there. And that was the point of the mentality like, why would I do this if I'm doing this sort of thing? As in for the AFL team, yeah, Carlton? Yeah. Yeah. So like, in my last year, or? I knew I was going. Yeah. So like I, in when I was at school in year 12, I knew that I was going there next what year. What about like the draft and stuff? Where does that come Because I was oh, a father son. Like they can commit oh, they to can, you earlier. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it was like, again, like you, I just thought that the world was going to work, you know, like I'd already been drafted. I was going to play 300 games, win flags, didn't have to work that hard to get to where I'd sort of been. Like I'd probably got there on a lot of talent um, at that stage. And yeah, when I got to Carlton, that was probably a really big eye-opener for me. I was a young guy, as I said, just didn't know what it took to work hard, um, had injuries and didn't know how to come back from them, didn't know the mentality. Like I just thought I had time. I was like, oh. You know, I'm only young. It'd take me a couple of years to debut. And all of a sudden, guys that got picked up after me and younger me, they started playing. And it took me a long time to work it out, man, to be honest. It probably took me three years to actually go like, fuck, you know, this can be gone in an instant. Like, you need to, like, start – you need to rip up that birth certificate. It doesn't matter if you're in footy, you're a lawyer, you're a garbage man, you're a fucking nurse. Like, whatever you are, you're a doctor. Like, 
no one gives a fuck how old you are. Mm. Like you just have to just get there and just be hungry. And you want to, you have to have that killer instinct of like taking the next step and, and not waiting for things to be handed to you. And I definitely waited for things. I waited for coaches to be like, Oh, we'll play you now. And these bits where other guys would just come in and go, no, I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, so that took me a long time to, to work out. And then you did get your run in the AFL though. So yeah, I did. Yeah. Let's I, talk about debuting, getting to play. What changed for you to in those three years that you said you probably didn't take the initiative you needed to. Once again, something I find very similar. Once I got onto the, my international tour, I kind of like coasted for a bit. Cause I was like, I'll work it out. I'll yeah. get better. But I probably like declined almost from like Definitely. the first year or two I was on there. I kind of got worse and worse until I retired. So yeah. yeah. What was it like once you got your first run on the field in the AFL? Where well, was the game? It's funny isn't it like we were chatting off air before and darcy said i'd use this but it's definitely not like a one moment that changes things and it's all success from there like it's not linear like i got in got some incredible feedback from a guy that said like mate if you're not if you don't pick up your game and learn this stuff like you will be gone his name was he scotland incredible chat no one had ever given me feedback before it's just like you are pissing your time against the wall you'll be delisted next year he helped me he it was the best thing about feedback I ever got from him was the fact that it wasn't just like feedback. It was let's work on this together. Constructive. Yeah, it was yeah. constructive and it was like followed up and he kept going versus like someone can say something, but if they don't continue to help mm. or you don't yeah. continue to seek, it's not going to change. So yeah. he did that, ended up playing some good footy. Um, he yeah, was in the team and, and doing really well. And um, as I said earlier, like things went a little bit backwards again and we had a new coach come in. He wanted to move me. I didn't have a very uh, growth mindset per se. Thought that like, fuck you, man. Like I've just played this whole se- last two seasons down here. Like I'm playing really well. Top 10 in the BNF. Like why do you want to move me? Whereas like, I'm sure you speak about like growth mindset and fixed mindset a bit on the show. But I was definitely fixed in that mindset of like, this is where I am this versus I am. Yeah. really looking at that. Like fuck, a new coach is in. He wants me to play here. Like that's mm. an awesome opportunity. But I just saw it the other way and went back into that spiral of like the world's against me, fuck you, like why am I not playing? Went back and played VFL and ultimately um, left that club and got delisted. Wow, so that's Carlton for a few years delisted. And then yeah, six years. Six years and, then, so what, and two, three years playing in the AFL with them? Yeah, yeah. So I played like every year except the first. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was in and out for those yeah, last a couple two games years. and they drop you in and out. Yeah. Like, which must be hard coming from somebody whose dad's won multiple flags and probably didn't have many seasons where he got delisted. Like that must come with a bit of pressure as well, as much as it does. No, like, look, it's not something I really thought uh, about, but it, as in at I the time, is the word. I, this is how I think it's I like would the feel. proudness of it. I suppose you're a bit embarrassed. That's exactly yeah. the word that I was yeah. about to say. It's like, yeah, you're a bit embarrassed. You are. You're like, my dad's shittest three feeling. Flags. Yeah, it's unfair. Like, it's like, you're not your dad. Who cares? No. And, but you don't I think s- like that when you're a kid. And this is probably where it goes back to the childhood piece. Like with my old man, like, my mum and dad never made me feel um, that I was letting them down or anything like that. So I honestly never felt like that from them. With the um, media and everything. So it's yeah. Probably. It was more just like myself. I was like, oh, I'm a bit embarrassed. But because I was just so loved for no matter what I did. Like I swear I could do anything and my mum would be like, oh, that's a great job. You know, yeah. like she just incredible. That's so best, yeah. I'm very lucky to have supportive people around me like that. But yeah, it was a bit embarrassing. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. Oh, mate, like, can you imagine, like, 26 years of age and your dad's played in three flags, he's a great of the club, I've been delisted, 
front page. Like yeah. the delistings, it was big time there. You get, you know, your photo blasted on the paper. Your, your friends are too embarrassed to talk to you. It's just, it's fucking so uncomfortable. Like, and nobody talks about that. Everyone talks about the guys winning and the guys who have kicked all the goals this weekend. But like, yeah. Which is see... your, your whole identity is wrapped up in this and mm-hmm. every conversation's about it. And imagine like working at McDonald's and being sacked. And then the next day, like, whole of Victoria knows about like Australia. Yeah. It's so fucking embarrassing. Mm. I love that you say that identity thing. Cause that's, that's something I talk about. I might've even spoken to you about it mm. on our episode on your podcast. That's how I felt. And that was the biggest change for me when I was about 21, 22, my sports like said, like you can't base your identity on your achievements cause you're going to come up short quite often. But if you base your identity on what values you live by, you can try and live by them every day and that can bring you, um, yeah, attached to your identity far more. So where was the turning point for you to try and break away from the identity of Dill Buckley, the, let's call it, failed football player yeah. in probably your mind at that time from getting delisted? Yeah, so it's a great question. And it actually started, the change started to happen even before when I was at Carlton. Mm-hmm. And I ended up ultimately getting delisted, which was in that time it was great. But I started to actually change my mindset in that last year. Like I wanted to leave and have a fresh start. Yeah. But I remember exactly a very similar conversation had with a lot of people. Like I was... The biggest, like, if I had a good game on the weekend, I was coming in just chatting and I was mm. so fucking happy. And then if I had a shit game, I was like, you're the worst fucking people in the wor- person in the world. So a big one, again, very similar to your story. It's like I had to separate Dylan Buckley, the footballer, versus Dylan Buckley, the person. And, like, not judge myself on not, like, be a good bloke because I played well, but just mm. be me no matter what happens. And... I started judging myself just on more how I was with my family and if I was a good person, a good friend, a good brother, a good partner versus like how I went on the field. Mm. Um, so that was like a really big, big shift. Um, but yeah, ultimately, look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that like that's easy to do because no. like it's, it's fuck it, like anyone who tells you that it's not like you can still get caught up in that a lot. Like even I do a shit podcast. I'm like, fuck man, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. But you just <laughs> got to bring yourself back, you know, and it's like, one awesome quote that I've loved, I don't know where I heard this from, to be honest, but it's just about like being your own best friend. Mm. And one thing I con- consistently do when I'm in a really good space is go like, all right, say example, you know, play, uh, do a shit podcast. And I go, all right, imagine if like Coop did a shit podcast and he was stressed and he's fucking upset. Like, how would I treat him? I'd be like, mate. Who gives a fuck? Like, don't worry <laughs> about it. It's so easy, man. Like, you're a legend. You've done 400 better ones. Like, you're such a good dude. You're a good brother. You're a good guy. Look at all the awesome stuff you're doing with a good human factory. Look at all that talk you did last week. Like, how good was that? But then when it's me and you, it's yourself, you go, you're fucking cunt. Because you know yeah. what? Yeah. You know your own potential, which exactly. can be difficult. But I started trying, like, this is what I do now, is I, like, go, no, like, Look take yourself evidence. out of your body talk to me as like I'm not me and I'm like a mate mm. and say I just do that to myself. Yeah. Like, mate, like you're a good guy. Okay. Yeah. You've had some good podcasts. Like relax. That's one shit one. Mm. But yeah, you're disappointed. Don't make the same mistake twice. That's all good. We learn from it. Move yeah. on. You're not going to, you know, you just, I just have these conversations like constantly <laughs> in my head. All it's like, fucking weird as. You might be able to relate to this as well. I spoke to someone about this recently and this is just upon reflection. I think for me, once I started to adopt that mindset, it might've killed a bit of my competitiveness, which I think might've kind of continued the decline of my career, mm. but it improved my general well-being and my overall life. So it's like, 
the balance is quite difficult because when you start to go, oh, I'm not, my performance isn't wrapped up in who I am. It kind of made me care less about my performance, which I think helped made it decline a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Like, like, oh, like, I don't think this is breaking any news to anyone, but like being a professional athlete at the top of your game isn't a healthy lifestyle. Like it's the most selfish um, everybody around you is helping you to achieve oh, your and goals. You, there's no part of it whereby like to be the best, you have to go through and you have to struggle and you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You have to be your own worst enemy, but your own motivator. Like it's incredible to be an athlete, but it's also, it's not a, um, it's not a, like a great way to live your whole life. Yeah, like no. it's an awesome phase to go through. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was you know, I wouldn't want to do it forever, Yeah, yeah um, which I, is probably why we're both not doing it anymore. Yeah, um, it can be a bit easier on yourself because you know what it's like, it's almost like you, you sit there and go, Oh, I'm dr- drinking a soft drink at the moment. You go, oh, fuck mate. Like if you have another sip of that, you'll, you won't get a kick tomorrow. Yeah. And you just constantly playing these Judgment. fucking games in your head. Like, mm. and now I'm like, I'm going to have a sip of that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I enjoy that. Yeah, I, it's yeah. very nice. That's funny. I will get to this in a little bit, but you were talking about, I was listening to one of your podcasts driving here, the pyramid of sort of health. Mm. And it's funny that you say like the, we'll talk about it in a bit, but actually fuck it. Let's talk about yeah. that. Pyramid of health. We're going to get back to your career and don't normally spin off like Mate, this, but it's just at the top of my head. Yeah. You've seen psychologists over the last couple of years. You've got a lot of great things out of it. I actually saw my first psychologist that, Three weeks ago now. Oh, where? That's great. I've cool. seen sports psychologists. Yeah. I've done other um, therapy things that are a bit different to just psychologists, but I like listen to you guys. I listen to Hugh Van Kylenberg talk about it. I'm like, you know what? I'd recommend people to go do it. So I need to go do it. So I went and saw some. It's amazing. Um, learned a lot of great stuff. The big thing that I got out of it, I've been feeling like this guilt of like, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm super grateful for the work that I do. I get so many people saying like it's helping them and I'm like so grateful for that. But I just wasn't feeling like it was, I don't know. It just felt like there's something missing. Mm. And the psych said to me, he's like, I can see that you're like practicing gratitude. You do all this, but he's like, but are you proud of what you do? He's like gratitude and being grateful for something and being proud of it's a bit different. He's like, I need you to sit in being proud of what you've done a bit more. And that's been a big, just those little shifts in mindset. So those little shifts in conversations in your mind change so much. So yeah, talk me through your experience and maybe guide me to the pyramid thing that you were talking about recently. Mm, that's really cool. I, I like that because I think it's... You'll probably relate to that too. I do relate to it because it's like, you know, when you... um, And it sounds... Oh, it's, it's When you're so lucky to be doing what you're doing and you go, fuck, like I'm so lucky to be doing this and having this platform and I'm working right now chatting to you. Like that's mm. the fucking luckiest thing ever. But everything creates a level of norm. Mm. You know, no matter how cool it is, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Fisher, for example... In your normal. He'll be playing a gig maybe in front of a million of people, but that's the norm. So mm. it's like you, it's like you know, like the whole thing of drugs. Like when yeah. you hit that level, you just it goes to where you are. So yeah. it is sometimes you go, oh, but I'm not happy. I'm doing. It's like no, no, you do got to, yeah, you got to. It's a, it's a norm. It's thing. hard. Yeah, so it's quite hard to. I never articulated that no, very no, well. No, no, I back it. It's yeah. like you have to like take. I guess another cliche. You have to stop and smell, smell the roses. You sometimes. do. Yeah, like you're so directed at what can be there. But it's like, well, yeah, what, what have I actually achieved along the way? It's and this goes back to that part before about like the, with, um, again, I'm not a psychologist. No. This is not, this is not advice for anyone at all. This is just an Nor opinion. Am I, yeah, it's totally. like, you can't be happy all the time. No. Cause if, if you're happy all the time, you don't know what it is to be no. sad. And then when you're fucking really happy, like you've got to have the ups yeah. and downs. So it's like with that part of, um, 
reaching for goals and not being content with where you are. It's a really important part of it. Because if you're just happy with where you are, you'd stay where you are. Yeah. You need to be forgetting. Anyway, yeah. it's just like a... I know, I back that. It's yeah. important to realize that there is a scale that we have to move up and down for there to even be a scale. Yeah, people, people say a lot of that at the moment, and I've been really guilty of this, is like balance and um, all these bits and pieces. Balance is great. Balance is awesome. But like you said before, being an athlete or being someone who wants to go really well in business, sometimes you can't have balance. Mm. Sometimes you actually need to go like... Sometimes if you're starting a business, you need to go really hard into that. Like you can't go and have a surf and see your mum and dad and have a, like you have to struggle for a bit to then have the balance later. And this is coming back to this pyramid thing. The pyramid, the yeah. Pillars Sorry, the like pyramid. The, no, yes, no, got to get to that. Because this is getting to yeah. that, this idea of having that solid foundation, but we're always going to have out of balance at that base. But it's like, how can we best yes. build awareness to it? And it's having a strong base because those other things are at the top of the pyramid, yeah. right? So like the, as a pyramid... Yeah would go this is something i learned from the, yeah. the psych was um the four pillars are general health diet exercise sleep. and sleep so common rule with this um is the fact like this is what i've been taught is that you know if you have a strong base you're getting those four things right 99 of the time you'll be you're, you're in a really good space to do well in other factors and like, I look back and reflect on times where I haven't been going well and it's always one or two of them are out of whack. Yeah. So back to the point of like, you know, struggling with business, work, whatever it is. But if you've got those four, you're going to go. Give yourself every you're chance gonna, to succeed in other Every things. chance. Um, for me personally, like on those four, and would love to know what, yeah. what yours are, but I feel like my diet um, and my, I will sleep at the moment. It's a bit of a challenge with a, yeah. with a three and a half week old. Um, Physical activity for me, you know, being an ex-athlete is really challenging to get back it's into that. Exactly it's like, where I wanted you to go. Yeah, it's fucked. Because I relate so much oh, to it. How's crazy. the guilt of like Mate, knowing what fucked. your potential is? Well, that's a th but it's like where's the yardstick of not being average because you know you can be more than average, but not being an athlete. It's and fucked. It's, it's, it's shit. So it's this is where I'm at, mate. Like the last time I'm either, and again, this is a really funny one and it probably comes back to the, a similar thing to you. It's like, I either want to be playing AFL or not playing footy at all. Yeah. And I don't play footy anymore. I haven't played since I finished. And for me, like when I did running, I got into running, I ran a marathon. Mm. I don't want to just run for the fun of running. Like I want to fucking like, Do if something. I'm in something, like I need to just like be fully in to the it. gym for going to the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. Doesn't feel, it's like, yeah. I want to be doing an, I want to be doing a fucking muscle man competition. Yeah. Like it, there's got to be something it's there hard. for it's me. It's so hard to be consistent when you've always trained for something. Yeah. So that's something that I'm, and I know that's actually not a good way to be. Like I'm fully comprehending. That's not good. I feel exactly on par yeah. with you so that exactly. consistency of the golf exercise golf it? is exercise and to be honest at the moment clocking up a lot of k's walking the pram around so um those things have been good but yeah for me like the first question back to the psych thing was like that she asked me it was whenever we have a chat she goes have you been running and that's like a thing for me it's like 99 when i'm getting those four things right mm. the other problems aren't there because yeah. i'll go in i go oh i'm struggling with this with this she goes are you running no it's yeah. like well no fucking wonder because that's, that's why that's happening. That's where I look. It's so hard working in mental health. Like, you see, and there's obviously so many big problems with mental illness. But I personally think like majority of mental health issues, if people had awareness of their four base things, like if you're making sure you get over seven hours sleep, if you're eating nutritious food that's not always packaged and in plastic and been processed, if you're 
um, yeah, exercising at least like bare minimum. Like we live an active enough, enough lifestyle that I feel guilty that I'm not training, but I'm also still burning between five and like seven to 700 to a thousand calories just from my life yeah. each day. So it's like, it's a really, look, I, I, six months ago, I would have like a hundred percent agreed with it. And I do, hmm. but I think there's this other point of it for me personally now that I've, you know, just learn and even with myself is like, that's a really like, a, a, it's a good rule for 99% of the population, but then there is a part of like this biological oh, proneness to like certain things. And like, for me, like I, um, I've dealt with like anxiety my whole life and I just thought it was like a thing, mm. but then not until recently, they're like, no, no, this is like, yeah, actual, this is an actual thing. You know, it's not just anxiety. It's mm. like a, a dying. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's and just like, I didn't realize that. And it's like, you know, sometimes a run doesn't fix that. Yeah. Um, and it actually just gave me like massive peace of mind on that to be like, yeah, cool. Okay. Like this isn't just cause I haven't, you know, I, cause I can be doing everything right and still things pop up. And mm. that was something for me where I was like, wow, okay. Like I didn't, didn't realize this. And it's not saying that like, if you get that pillar right, you're going to be, it's, all gonna fit. Absolutely it, it, it's not. like, it's going to give you the best chance. Well, that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. I don't want to take away no, absolutely no, not from think, mental illnesses. Yeah. It's just like. For most, like for majority of people who would go in and say, I'm really struggling with my mental health. There's probably one of those missing and that will add to certain exactly. bits. Exactly. It gives you every sure. chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's go back into your story yes. real quickly. Cause there's still a few things I want to get to. And I know you've got a baby to get home to, mm-hmm. um, Sydney, you get delisted, yeah. get the drive to get back into it. You move up to Sydney. It's a big change in your life. Yeah. It sounds like from listening to a lot of your content and podcasts, it was a new chapter that kind of opened more horizons for you. Yeah. Let's talk about that chapter in Sydney. Oh, mate, it was like, to this day, something, you know, we talk about, like, what are you grateful for? That was, like, the most incredible experience. And I still sometimes wake up going, fuck, if that didn't happen, where the fuck would I be? Like, I don't know because, you know, we could talk about this forever, but, like, going to that stage, I was such a young, immature guy that had no fucking idea what I was talking about. 24? What have been even, I reckon, like, 25, 26, okay. I think. Um, late bloomer and I had no like idea what I wanted to do, no idea who I wanted to be left Carlton with like, you know, I was really lucky to like get a mortgage, but I was like, how the fuck am I going to like keep mm, paying this? I had no like study under my belt, anything like that. And <clears throat> I just remember, you know, I'd grown up with my mates, my footy club mates all within like a 10 kilometer radius of each other and didn't really leave that bubble. And, you know, I'd still had mum come over and do my washing every weekend. Safety and, net that safety net and um i think the thing that i will forever be grateful for is the opportunity to get up there get away from a safety net do my own washing bit of independence go and rent a house like learn how to do that pay bills. like pay bills fucking have to worry about meal prep have to do all these things and that was me at 25 yeah, as well I, it, left, I moved out at 25 from home with mum and dad yeah it was like the best thing that ever happened to me and even just in another state like i was actually living out of home in melbourne mum lived 10 minutes down the road so it was like still around the corner and we just had no safety net and it was like such a incredible time like that the footy whatever like that was cool but it was just being in a place that was unfamiliar curious learning new shit went up there with my you know wife uh now she was my partner at the time lived with one of my best mates and just had the best two years of learning, growing, failing, mm. um, together. And for me, if I could give any one part of advice or one lesson to, you know, my son when he's older, it'll be like, get the, f- like go 
spread your wings. Mm. If you are someone listening to this and you're a little bit stuck or you don't know, maybe you want a bit of a change or a new chapter, get manifest a move somewhere. And I know this isn't easy because people no, no, have I jobs and they this. have like, they, great yeah, well, the, my roommate in a second. They, like people have jobs. I understand there's bills, there's all these things, yeah. but I am a firm believer. If you, if you are, you, you want something to happen, it will happen. And some fucking weird ass opportunity will pop up, go and take it and do it for a year. Cause guess what? Nothing fucking changes at home. You'll come back. The mm. same shit's going on. Yeah. I was away for two years and, you know, I got back and it was like I never missed same a thing. So, down the pub talking about yeah, the same shit. You don't, you don't miss anything. So please, like, if I could just inspire one person to fucking get out of wherever they're from, just go and do it. Mate, I'm sure you have. It. It'll give you a good story about that. My roommate who I live with now, it's my last roommate actually, my other one moved out. His name's Ty, he's a legend. He's from here, Melbourne. Mm. He just found my Instagram post. Hey, mate, can you move in? Yep, sweet. Came over, he's a legend. So his story, he was a sparky successful sparky business early 30s um and he's just like there's more to life than this packed up his van finished his business drove to the gold coast and now he lives with me and he works at two cafes as a barista and he's Love so happy shit. he so worked cool. he plays footy at the um Corumban afl club met a bunch of young guys up there goes to the local muay thai gym and i'm just like i fucking back that oh, like, mate, it, it inspires me so much seeing people who can do that like because i understand i've been lucky enough to experience many lives and have this wild network and these Definitely. experiences that are profound. But when I see people create those opportunities for and with no, with no like even backing or anything, they mm. do it like, and again, just did it. I'm a, like coward saying this, that opportunity I got, I got drafted to Sydney. Yeah. Like I would have never been able to do it mm. by myself. So that's why I understand it's not, it's not an easy situation, but people do it. And I don't think they Changes ever regret it. Yeah. You can always turn the car around and come back. Yeah. Like I saw this awesome quote once on, um, on tick on uh, Instagram actually was like, you're not a tree. You don't have roots. Fucking go, yeah. you know, go somewhere, <laughs> do it, yeah, whatever like it was. It was just sick. I was like, I just, I, as you would say in your language, I back that. Um, mm. Anyone that does it, anyone I meet, like when I meet like a backpacker in Melbourne, I just am in awe of their courage. And, yeah. Like too, I just go like, you're a fucking legend. You're like, a, do you understand what you're doing right now? You've just come over the world. Like you're dominating. Like, Fucking some people here, we go to like down the beach and they're like, oh, what a trip. It's like, mate, this person's from fucking Belgium mm. and they're here having a beer with us. Like, Sick, eh? is that not the coolest thing ever? Mm. It's fucking unbelievable. It's like one of my mates. I should actually team up to come on your podcast. Yeah. And contact my friend, um, Fabio. He's a FPV drone pilot. He's one of the best in the world now. He's like GoPro sponsored and everything. And he was like, he's German and he came over to do like, a six month holiday in Australia before he like locked into his uni that he got a scholarship to and he did um, and he fell in love with Australia and then he was working a corporate job and he just hated it and COVID hit and he got fired. He'd like done his uni and he's like hating. It. He's like, I got to follow my passion in FPV and now he's like just chased it. And now he's one of the best in the world. And like one of the, oh, yeah, it's, I love hearing people. Like, oh, just, like, I love it, man. It gets, yeah. that gives me like the most energy about anything. I think. I'm going to go into this part of our stories, I guess, yes. of creating something for ourselves. And yeah, it, obviously it's a little different to the two few examples we just gave. Where was it for you that you kind of realized, you know what, footy's not going to be forever. How am I going to find something to sidestep and how did media and um, yeah, all this come into play that you're doing now? Yeah. So I think for me, like, as I said, I left footy, had nothing under my belt. So when I left, I was, a, I was always really proactive, to be honest. Like to give myself credit, I was always like, what I want to do, you know, 
what's next for me? I tried real estate. I tried commercial property. I tried uh, property development, all these bits and pieces that the classic sort of, you know, um, transition would be. And I love, like, I love saying this to young people as well. It's like, I didn't find out what I wanted to do. I just found out what I didn't want to do. And for me, like I used to muck around with the Carlton team of like doing shows and on camera. And I was like, fuck, is this like an actual thing? Like this could be a job. Like, fuck. Okay, cool. Let's, let's go down this. And the idea back then was like, oh, radio, you know, like Hamish and Andy, like everyone wants to be Hamish and Andy. That's like the number one thing you can do. And I left and I tried to apply for a few jobs before I got picked up by the Giants and didn't get anywhere. Like, nor should I have had no experience at all. So this was in that gap before you got picked up by the Giants. Yeah, I was like applying for like- working in those- Oh, I had like two months off. Okay. Yeah, two months off where um, I didn't know if I was going to get picked up and was trying to work out what was next. Um, I was going to probably move to Adelaide and play footy there and try and get a job in radio. Anyway, I got picked up by Sydney Giants in Sydney and I just remember getting there going like, if you leave here again with nothing under your belt, like you are an idiot. You won't even be your best friend then. Oh, so like, that's, that's great that you yeah. have that understanding and awareness. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't. I feel yeah. very similar in that. Like, yeah. I was always looking for like, okay, what am I doing after this? Yeah. Like, where's going to work? You got to, man. Like you got to, even now, like for me, like it's like, all right, podcast cool. What's next? Like, yeah. More greens, like golf. Yeah. You know, you got to think of like yeah, the yeah, next we'll shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I got to the Giants, started um, the podcast. And for that, like that while was- While you were playing for the While Giants, I was playing. Yeah. Okay, and that was like before people even knew what podcasting was. I didn't even know what it was. Like it wasn't even for people to listen to. It was more that like if I had got delisted again, I would have taken like eight episodes to a radio station and been like, hey, I've done this. Like a little okay, to show snippet, teaser. like to show, hey, like I haven't just sat on my ass again. Like I've got something to show for what I've done the last year. This might, you might be able to, once again, relate to this. Did you feel like once you got dropped and you'd already, well not dropped, but however you ended with Greater Western Sydney, did you feel like it made you, how do I explain this? Because this happened to me once now that I'm retired, I felt like it took a lot away from my profile if I was a retired surfer or a surfer. Like, did you mm. feel like you're like, oh, he's t- currently playing and he's doing the podcast, but then when you weren't playing, it was like, oh, I'm an ex-player or mm. not. Nah, didn't have that I've feeling. never really thought about it like that. Like, I think for I me- I felt like it gave me credibility. Yeah, at the start, it definitely did. Rather than ex-pro surfer. Yeah, at the start, it definitely did. Like the start, but then I was like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the funny part again about being in Sydney was I just didn't hear any of the noise. Like I was like so far away from people to even like care what anyone thought. I mm. Like back then, can you imagine, like, I think about this all the time. This is how oblivious I was and so zoned into like, and didn't give a fuck about what people thought where I was like, can you imagine a, a, a footy player has just been delisted from a club, has gone to another club. He started a podcast. He doesn't even play in the seniors. And he's interviewing players. Like people would have been like, this guy's a fucking loser. Like, what are you doing? That's so embarrassing. So you were just blinded. But I was just like, it. I don't care. I was just like, whatever. I don't care. Like, I just didn't see it. And mm. I think it's like a really cool thing that when you realize that no one actually cares, you like, no Even one gives a fuck. Do, it's like, fuck, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's who how I felt starting the yeah. good human factor. Just, I was like, eh, people look at it going, oh, you call yourself the good human. But they if, do, at the start, they're like, and oh, that's. you prove yourself. Yeah, like, and then they're like, oh, that's actually quite cool. Yeah. You know, now all those guys are like, oh, can you help me with the podcast? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that. And then again, as I said, like, did the two years there, did the pod and then left. And then I went and worked at, even after that, it didn't really, podcasting wasn't a thing. Yeah. And then I went back to Melbourne. Um, cause like I wanted to stay in Sydney, but just couldn't afford it. Yeah. I'm obviously with no job. And I went and worked at a radio station called 3RW. And when I was, sorry, in Sydney as well, which is a really big point that I, I'm proud of myself for was as a player, I went almost every Tuesday over two years to Triple M 
for free and just learned how to like do some editing and like answer the phones um, and worked on a show called The Rush Hour with MG mm-hmm. um, and Liam Flanagan that was an NRL show. I knew absolutely nothing about NRL, but it was just that thing of like, I'm getting better. Like Put yourself in the room. Yeah. Opportunities just, open up. Yeah, yeah. It was just, did that. So then when I left, I went back to um, Melbourne and worked at 3AW, which is like the, um, I don't know what it is on the Gold Coast, but it's like the 2B, 2GBC yeah, or yeah. something in Sydney. And it's like an AM old yeah, people yeah. radio station and just to answer the phones. Wow. So you're there for a bit while you're still doing the podcast. Still doing the pod on the side, like still yeah. doing that out of hours, but working full time. I was like doing, um, answering the phones for like the afternoon show. And then on the weekends I'd do like the night show, um, just earning like minimum wage, which was really hard. Like Bloody earth, you go from making decent money as yeah. a professional athlete to... And it was almost just like that, the ego of like, Mm. you know, to be honest, like it was so fucking, I was embarrassed, but like, I was also like, mate, you got to lose your ego. Like you're starting again. So hard. And I think they want to start digging holes with the trainees going from like stickers on a board, getting paid to surf. Everyone see me at the beach all the time to like see me rock up in my boots after work. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate, I was, like, picking up coffees for people and shit. And I was, like... Yeah, you go from oh. the guy on TV watching AFL. It's and there's nothing hard. wrong with that. But it just... There isn't, but you got to really check hard. your ego. Yeah. So, did that for a while and then ended up sort of just getting not registered on any shifts. Um, because, to be honest, like, there was a really funny transition of, like, while I was there, like, I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I was, like, I don't want to do this yeah. forever. This is not for me. Like, I'm doing my own thing. So, as I was, like, working there, I was also working on my own stuff. Yeah. And they ended up sort of sacking me. I've been sacked like three times in like four years. And then that's when I just had to go 100% into the pod because I had nothing else. Wow. So then it was just full-time Dylan friends. Yep. To, um, what episode would have you been on by then? Around 100 or? No, I reckon it would have been like, I reckon like maybe 60, 70. Because it's hard to make any sort of living yeah. off a podcast. Yeah. So we were, the late first 20s part the was like selling partner. merch was the first part. Okay. And we moved back in with Jazz's parents. So like. You know, again, that's like another ego hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you sell your place that you had a mortgage on? No, nah, I was able, lucky enough to keep that and just so live rent free yeah, with yeah. um with her parents. So really grateful for that. But yeah, it was a, it was a weird time, but something yeah. that was awesome. Then the podcast started taking off. What do you think was the moment that kind of you started going, oh, wow, this is actually an opportunity here to, to create what is now one of the biggest podcasts in the country? I think, I don't think there was like a time where I thought that it was more just a time of going like, okay, man, like now you've got to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like, it was not really yeah. any, I didn't have anything else then. Mm. Um, but it was like a good time of going like, nah, okay. Again, like take risks. And when I say, you know, before about like the risk part about things, people go, oh, you know, quit your job and do something else. That's fucking hard for people to do. Some people have kids, some people have mortgages, yeah. all these things. But what you can do, which was really cool. is like, if you want to pivot, look at your life and look how maybe you can pivot without taking massive risks. Mm. And for me, like when I left Sydney, I sold my car. So I didn't have a car loan anymore. Moved back in with Jazz's parents. So straight away, like rent's gone. Mm. I don't have to pay any car bills anymore. All I had, because I knew I was going to have to go back to the start and try again, was all I had was a phone bill. That's the only sort of bill I had, you know, in like yeah. private health or something like that. Like there was, there wasn't a lot for me to like have to make. Mm. And I know that's not everyone's possibility, but 
it is hard to make changes if you don't want to sacrifice in other places. Like I technically didn't really want to go back and live with Jazz's parents. Like we could have gone and rented somewhere yeah, in, but then I wouldn't have been able to reinvest into the business. Reinvest. So mm. went back, sold my car. I used to use one of their spare cars that they had and I'd catch a train to work, um, live there rent free. I love hearing this because I've listened to a lot of your stuff. I haven't heard this. Yeah, heard, I don't think I've talked about that one before. Good on you. Um, and yeah, it would, as you were saying, before, we were saying off air before, like in their garage, it's just still all my merch in their garage and I'd pack it after I got home from radio, pack it all, fucking have to bring the bags up the hills, drop them off at the post office. No, all I'd about like that. I know. Pull my neck that. out every like, and I used to handwrite every card there. So they're like, looking back now, it's like real awesome. Like you, you don't, get that happen. you forget yeah, it. You forget, you forget that, that it's like done it. So, um, that was really cool. Yeah. So that's catch up to right now, I guess. Producer, yep. you've, um, expanded from just being a podcast to building, uh, what's, what do you call producer? A media company? Man, it's such a hard thing. I don't even know. Podcast it's like a media company. company like kind of, it's yeah. like an, it's like a um, digital agency yeah. where what we, what we basically do. And it's something that we're going to rebrand because, because this stuff, like nothing's been as much as I'd love to tell you, there's like this massive plan here. Like there is like, we, we, I've got some incredible people that we work with, like my, um, co-owners uh, of Producer with Adam Baldwin and Zach Kangalaris who have come into the business after it sort of like started. Started, but at the start they came in and they're just guys that without them, like I would never have got Mm. to where we are now. Um, but the two arms of it, one is like the podcasting side. So we have like four of our main podcasts that we do and we sell ads and we produce them, edit them, all those bits and pieces. And then the other side is like corporate where we work with brands and do podcast video content and all that with them. But we're actually going to be rebranding, um, another like umbrella, uh, hopefully this year, maybe like earlier next year with like our own podcast sports network. Right. Um, just because like I was thinking about it and I was like, look, produce is our agency, but it's not, doesn't speak to the community of our sports network people. Yeah. So we want to have that. Um, that's coming soon. I'll yeah. Like we'll chat more about it when it comes out, but it's really excited for that. We'll be our own little sports network and then produce, you'll sit on the side and sort of it's, it's the company and, That'll be yeah. like one arm of it. How cool is having your own thing and just being able to be like, oh, I had an idea. Yep, let's go Yeah, do let's it. go and do yeah, it. Yeah, let's yeah. go do it. But like that's the best part about having wanted... people with you in the business is I come up with all these ideas and then like one in 10 are like approved. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. See, this is where I need, I'm at the stage where I need to now start building a team because I've established what I've done. I'm like, yeah. oh, I need people that can help execute because I just have mate, you, time. you need, yeah, and you will and it's going to be incredible. How do you learn that from building a business is something Mate, see, this is something I struggle with, and I feel like we've, we've like, as we go through the story, everything yeah. seems similar. So, yeah. well, like as we we're saying earlier, this is where like you will, what you'll do, and I'm sure you work it out yourself. But like, the best thing I knew was like, I am not. I love business. I love relationships. I have so many cool connections that I want to work with. But for me, keeping the ball running and crossing the eye, like legal and all that stuff, that's not my shit. Like, so it's like, well, you know what? My business partner now, Adam, actually was my mentor. Um, and we'd catch up once a week when I finished footy. And then it just like organically, yeah, yeah. but was always going to happen in a way. Mm. He's joined the business See. and he runs like he's our GM. He runs fucking everything. And he's like unbelievable. Yeah. Such different personality types that work well together. And then Zach, you know, like um, he's like our head of like partnerships and, um, you know, he's the money man. Basically, yeah. he makes the wheels spin. Like I was like, look. I don't have time to sell this. I'm not very good at it. Mm. I've got the connections, but I don't want to, like, I don't know how to like budget and do all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So what I'm going to, I'm going to get the best fucking person for the job and they do it. Yeah. And 
Zach's picked that up and he's honestly like unbelievable and we all have different strengths. So I think the answer is like when you're at the supermarket, like don't just fuck around and try and do everything. Just ask where things are, go to the right people, mm. like get, you know, find the right people to you and bring them into yeah, close to you. I'd to bring them to at the start. But you'll know. You'll know when I mean. they're the right I've person. I've got a few at the moment. Yeah. I've tried to wind that just a bit, but yeah. I've got another new one that's getting close to moving something forward, which is exciting. But last little bit I want to talk to you about. Mm. We bloody love golf. We do. Tell me, oh. about, tell me about your reverse grip putting and how you oh, learned about that. Oh, mate. Well, it's funny. Like, we were chatting before out in the studio today. And well, How long ago do you reckon we did our pod? I don't know, but let me quickly explain because I think people are going to listen to this and be like, how do you know Dylan? I'm okay, like, yeah. You were on my podcast? Yeah, but before oh. that, I just want to explain to people, like, people are like, fuck, people have such a network. I'm like, I become friends with people like no, you. you. Ran, yeah, we just hit each other no, up. Because <laughs> I, I find people that I'm inspired by and I usually post on Instagram a story of their podcast and then tag them. And that's how I kind of like, yeah. I'm about to catch up with Nico Hines and do a potty because I just tagged him after listening to your one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just genuinely, when I see something that I really appreciate, will post about it and try and genuinely say, well done. Like, dude, that was amazing. I, I think I probably messaged, I might have been on LinkedIn. I messaged you going Yeah, like, I think we spoke on LinkedIn, but you know what? Like, oh, there's a really important part of that. Um, and not to come off with like, this is honest feedback to people that do that yeah. because there's, there's two ways of doing it, right? And this is what I've learned the most of. And the reason you do it well is because you're actually providing value first. Mm. Like you share a podcast, you give it to your community, you say how inspiring it was, what you learned from it. You take the time out to like listen to someone, you show that you've studied them, you know something about them and you just make the connection. You don't ask for anything. No, and then it happens. And then it happens. Exactly. Whereas like the, the wrong way to do things is like hit someone up tomorrow and message you and say, Hey Cooper, um, Love the pod. Do you want to catch up for a coffee? It's like that doesn't actually add. It's not the way to start a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, in a way, people are doing that to like, they think it's actually the right. I did this. I did this a lot. I used to ask people for a coffee and everyone like, oh, people don't have fucking time for yeah. coffee. It's not a, like something. People don't have time to go to coffee all the time. Yeah. So what you do is you add value first. Mm. Then the relationship just comes. Yeah. But, but, and I I look at it like adding value, but it's also like, genuinely supporting yes, someone supporting. like actually like seeing something and being like dude well done that was a really cool episode because and I, i'm lucky because i already had my own podcast i had in a network where we, you probably clicked on me and so like oh wait i've got some people yeah. that we kind of so i kind of had that to be able to give myself credibility so i do feel for people who are outside but no, i think it's genuine yeah. but i see it with everything now like like luke and sassy scott the tiktok guys are good friends of mine same thing i literally just saw their f content thought it was hilarious and sent them a DM going like, Hey, thank you guys so much for your content. Like it makes me laugh every day. Like keep it up. Yeah. So like, like without That's anything awesome. expected in return and builds a relationship. You're yeah. like, oh, Hey, it's so cool. Like what you're doing too. Oh, no way. Can I send you some merch? Yeah. I'd love that. Like, Oh, let's have a chat for my party. Now these guys are good friends of mine. 100%. I vice versa. Way. Like right now it's like, we're sitting here because we've just bonded over. I mean, golf obviously we have a lot of, yeah, golf and yeah. weird shit. But yeah, let's, let's, um, let's get into that last Just little. on that last bit. Like, do you know how many people have, like I've read messages from and I'm like, oh, that's a really nice message. I'm going to do that. I click on their profile and as stupid as they're not even following you. the podcast account. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh. Like you just said you're a massive supporter Same. and you're not even like supporting <laughs> me. Like what that, like surely the best thing you can do is just like follow the page. Like yeah. that, you don't have to do anything. Or when like, people like, yeah, send you a message to your podcast page going like, oh, I would love to come on and share my story. Like, like you're not even following it. it. <laughs> like what the hell? 
that happens. Come on, man. Yeah, I bet you get that all. You must get so many people asking to come. No, out, like, it's just a, I'm like that's the easiest thing to do. It's just like this is something we can relate on that many people won't be able to. How hard is it when someone asks to come on your podcast? And you, you must get like every day. I'm like get a couple a week now, and it's so hard when you're only doing a certain amount, yeah. and you've got so many that you really want to get on, and you don't want to. And you get a few that you, I say yes to that I love, but it's like oh, it's so hard saying no. To it's people. bloody hard. It, um, it's something that yeah, like it's yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. I don't even know what the answer is to that, but it's just it's the just a conversation. No, it's not <laughs> like it's just that. a it's a hard um it's a hard thing because it's honestly like I love getting outreach from people, but it's also got to be as you said like. Um, the first thing that I think about is like, is this going to benefit my audience? Yeah. Um, and you know, the people that listen to the show, you know, your they have so much well. trust in you to like give them value mm. and you want to make sure they're getting something out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, like, that's very broad comment because we're not talking about if buts and mate, but it's a, yeah. It's a hard one. That it is. I'll probably cut that out. Of this yeah. Shit. Cut that, 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 out. that was a fucking terrible question. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're allowed one. We're allowed yeah, one we each are, Um, golf. Golf, man. We're, we're talking about your grip and the way we met. So, yeah, Sorry. I came into your you office. In, the first you time messaged me and you were like, life. man, I can improve your putting style. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, well, that's adding value. That's yeah. adding value to can me because I'm shit at putting. putting. So you came and you strapped your arms around me and we're in the, no. <laughs> it's all um, in the hips. We're in the, yeah, you came in and we're doing the pod and, um, and. You have a little fake putting. We have a little like, putting oh, thing little here. And I've got my putter collection. I was showing you before. I think I've added one since you were here last time and. Yeah, you were just like putting and you were talking about this like overhand grip. And I was like, oh my God, that's fucking weird. Because I'd always look at people and go, you did. Weirdo. Yeah. And, and you, you looked doing at me it. like fucking weird. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, mate, this bloke doesn't even know how to putt. He's got the wrong <laughs> fucking grip. And then you were like putting, you're like, try it. And I hit the first one I did. Dead in. And I was sort of like, as we've spoken about today, it's probably evident. After you left, I was putting like three hours with that <laughs> grip, just like <laughs> trying to become Scotty fucking Cameron. Like, that's how bad it was and I was just like, oh my God. So now I use the overhand grip. No, I think I, of you every time. That day, yeah. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about more greens golf quickly because yeah. um, I, I love it. I'm a huge golf fan. I think it's a great sport for many reasons. I was messaging, my, I've played three rounds of 18 since I've been in Melbourne the last couple of days. So I've got the golf bug, but I was speaking to Josh Miller, a good friend of mine who you're going to become good friends yes. with, I know very soon, with his five-fold golf course. 100%. But I was speaking to him and I was like, I tell you what I love about it. I was sitting in the shower the other day and I was like, you walk around for four hours present. Yeah. Like very rarely will I go on my phone or if I do, it's not scrolling. It might be like, oh, message popped up. Oh yeah, sweet. Oh. Yep. You're with your mates, you're doing something physical and you're just kind of having banter. It's like such a, it's a, it's a unique thing. I think for young men, especially for us coming from a sporting career, we love that competition, but you lose it. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way to have a competition. It's the only sport that you can compete against everybody, handicap. No matter, yeah, no matter yeah. what the school level is. But it's yeah, a beautiful. Game. What got you into golf? And tell me about more greens golf. Oh, mate, we could do a whole episode <laughs> on how special it is, and like not even to do with the game. You know, like I'm not a good golfer, yeah. and I don't. Re to be honest, I'm off like 16 at the moment. I don't even want to get any better. Like I'm. It gets I'm, harder. It gets so much <laughs> harder. I don't want to get better. People are like giving me tips. I'm like, mate. I'm happy where I am, you know, like break hundred, hit 80, like twice, like in the eighties, like 87 or something, oh. mainly around like the nineties. I'm happy where I am. I love it. Um, all I want to do is just get better kits, look cool while I'm out there. And that's where more greens is born. Like I love the community. Exactly what you said. More greens. Like it's, it's about that. It's about friendship. It's about more greens. Like the anecdote of like, obviously hitting greens, but then it's like getting more green into your life. Mm. Like I'm a big person of like, 
I love I haven't thought yeah like I love yeah. getting the more green like more trees more grass and you know I'm super weird when I'm out in the course like I look around and I'm like in the, my head just talking to the trees getting oxygen from them and like you know it's a bit fucking weird but I love it oh, like I love that's why I spend so much time in the trees when I'm on the course but you know, here's something super funny that yeah. relates to this I was literally walking around um Burley Headland recently with my partner and I was like I was just sitting there thinking I'm like Nobody, these trees only ever see what's around them forever, their whole yeah. existence, for far longer than we. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. They exist. And like nobody ever comes up and tells the trees they're grateful. I'm a pretty spiritual. Yeah. And I was walking around like touching trees going, I'm grateful for you. Oh, mate, I do it all the time. It's so (laughs) fucking weird. But I love trees. There's actually a cool book that I've bought on my... um, uh, what are they called? Kindles. Kim- Kindles, yes. My Kindle that's like the art of trees and it talks about how they all talk together and stuff. Mm. I'll get you the link. Um, but yeah, with more greens, that's a thing. The conversation piece around um, sitting with mates. But I think for me, to be honest, like one of the coolest things has been too, like how often in life um, after the age of 25 do you make new friends? Mm. And it's like very, very little. And, you know, joining a golf club, playing golf. Like I play golf with guys now that like I would never have hung out with prior to this. And like, we've just got this awesome bond now that, you know, we, we, I spend more time with them for four hours talking than I do with my actual, my mates that I've had for 20 years, you know, because you've got this passion and you find out you know each other. And like, I real randomly, like me and Ryan Pappenhausen play golf together. It's like, I know nothing about league. He knows nothing about me, but we just always available to play golf. So that's what we do. We play golf together. (laughs) Um, and it's just so fucking weird. So I think as a, as a point of like, getting comfortable meeting new people and finding out new shit about people. And mm. it's like doing a podcast that we don't even know, you know, when you're out there, you're just asking them questions about themselves. What do they do for work? You know, my favorite thing when I spare member would just be like signing up, up with a three, yeah, a three yeah. group and you yeah. put your name down, you yeah. rock up, you have a chat, yeah. you're kind of doing your thing and everyone's doing their own thing, but you chat. you're all together. Yeah, it's great. It's so like there's no other, I don't think there's anything like that that I know of. Mm. Um, I think that's the only thing in the world where you can sort of, get together and as you said you're all competing you got your handicaps like so you know no matter if you're scratch or off 35 or you're good or you're shit yeah. like no matter where you come from you can all play together and it's, mm. it's a cool game bloody love it well i'm excited to see more greens thank you kind of continue to expand and new events coming soon so we'll get you involved in that yeah, got, like some wait. apparel drops but yeah the main thing is like community events clothing line and then also the video stuff that we've been doing yeah too, so. that looks amazing well mate this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank Mate, you so awesome. much for we'll having me. We'll have to do it in. again, man. We, I, I love chatting to you about everything. It's great. I know. We'll have to do like a, um, another catch up. We'll yeah. Do, we'll do one that we'll put on both our podcasts yeah, yeah, again. That's like a. No, let's do that. Like oh, a, you stitched me up. You put like the big man. Um, oh, what's his name? I fucking forgot now. Right before the end of the year. I was the second last and then. Um, Who'd you oh, I it? can't think of it. Nick Rewell? Stuff guy. Um, oh, Hunter Johnson. Hunter Johnson. Oh, have you spoke to Hunter yet? No, I haven't. You've got to connect up with I Hunter. And I need to great. connect with Hugo too. Hugo Tuvi. To you told me I had to and I listened to that podcast. Incredible. Oh, mate, he's an unbelievable I need guy. to go and get health you need checks. To get... I've never done any health checks. Well, so. that's the thing with the pyramid, man. I know. That's the one thing that I... <laughs> health checks. The only time I get health checks, I, when I'm going to Sydney, I call my mum like... 
He booked me into the dentist in the skin oh, check. Yeah. My mum does it. Yeah, fun. I know. I got a skin check recently too. It's fucking, it's so scary. I need to do some. Get mate, it done. You're going to get home. Go see little buddy. I'd love it. Last question. I finish every Good Humans podcast with. Same for every single guest. What does being a good human mean to Dylan Buckley? Oh, my God. Oh, that's, that's a good question, man. One. Such a good one. Changes what does a good time. human mean to me? I think it means just trying to have an impact on people, you know, like trying to be vulnerable, trying to be considerate, trying to not, by not pretending I know the answer to everything, mm. um, I find if I'm a good person, it just exuberates energy and mm. makes people want to be connected. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, it's such a hard question. One, it is a hard question. I, I think I've asked a hundred people and yeah. everyone's had a different answer. I think it's just like being a, being a good human. Being a good human. Like, that's what question, it is, mate. isn't it? Like no, no, the it better is. you are. Just being aware what a good Being human. aware, but like almost, again, not to get too spiritual, but it's like believing in the universe, believing if like you're good, good things happen, mm. sending out good vibes. I don't know. Absolutely love it. Well, I'm going to leave everything in the show notes. Maybe just quickly, you know how the drill goes. Where yeah. can anyone find yeah, you? Yeah, just they Dylan find... Friends um, on Instagram and uh, you, More Greens Golf on Instagram. List Clogger is another one we have. And then we've had Dan on. Yeah, Dill Buckley as well. Yeah, Dan's episode. You've, you've been around, mate. You yeah, get around. Congrats to you as well, man. I, I, I love just DM everyone. I, I know. You know I love it. Secrets now. But like, again, I've said this to you before. I think I said on your show, I just love what you're doing. I love how open you are. I love how. Um, you're just not afraid to like fail. You just DM, you just break down this shit. Like it's, you have no ego. Like, and if you do, you don't show it because one thing like where, you know, young males maybe aren't good at is like we, you know, technically back when we were chatting and I think we might've spoken about this before off air, but it's like, you could look at us as competitors mm. or I could look at you as a competitor. I was like, why the fuck would I? help this guy. Why would I get Dill on my show? That's going to get people to listen to him. It's like, yeah. nah, man, no one fucking cares. Like we're all mates. Like <laughs> no. it's all good. Oh, you it know, just, like, it's just a wasted opportunity. It's a wasted opportunity to learn something and be like, know. cool. So, and I think that you've been a real, um, pioneer in that space. Um, so I appreciate you. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks so much. For Thanks man. on Good Humans podcast. Yeah. You. Yeah, good, man. Oh,